Oh, what just happened there? Did you click on record? <laughs> so, all right. Well, this is Six Degrees of Rumination with your host, Nina Boyd. And Reno Gorman. And our producer, Michael Boyd, who is currently eating one of my delicious cookies. Hi. And he just clicked record without us knowing about it. Um, but that's okay. So anyway, we have some really good articles today. A lot of them Reno found. We're going to talk about how to make your day stretch out longer, why IQ tests are useless sometimes, <laughs> and how... <laughs> Mike's making a face because supposedly he has a really high IQ, but I don't know about... I think he cheated. Uh, yeah, I know, I cheated. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, and and some kind of mind reading that may or may not be what you think it is. And then we've got some other articles. One's about the coldest thing they found in the universe. It's Reno's heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something about uh, dark matter and dogs. Because that all connects dogs are like dark matter yeah you never know where they are why not cats very very cold cats are like dark matter yeah yeah i'd rather talk about cats and the coolest thing (coughs) in the universe you're not a dog person i used to be what happened my dog died oh oh (laughs) that's ultra cold (laughs) that's ultra cold (laughs) yeah that was a wrap no i mean i like dogs but so well let's let's go to that memory for a second how long did it feel (laughs) has to do with this article here that I'm looking at. How long did what feel? That time in your life when you look back on to when Lady was sick and when she eventually died. Like, how long did all that feel to you? How long did it feel? Like, too? W- like incredibly long. Yeah. Like, painfully long. Right. Like, and that's what... Like, it's proved our point. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Proved it to the max. When you're just watching something that you grew up with slowly die, it kind of sucks. Right. No, that's true. But also because it's a new experience. It feels longer than it actually was because your brain is forced to go through several emotions and, and classify new information and, and all kinds of things. And so that's what this article is about. And we're going to put it um, on our blog. It's called The Science of Time Perception. Stop it slipping away by doing new things. And it doesn't have to be watching a pet die. It could be, you know, <laughs> all, all kinds of new things. Um, like hopefully going on trips and meeting new people and stuff like that. I um, already read this article, actually. A oh, co-worker of mine oh, really? told me to read it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Let's see yeah. if you can quote it. No, I'm just kidding. No. Nah. What did mm-hmm. you think about it? I think he might be onto something. So... Yeah. Well, read the article. Let yeah, the yeah. people know. I'm going to read it. So this is actually from someone else's blog. And again, you guys will see the link when you look on our website. But here it is. Can you remember a period in your life when, if you look back on it now, time seemed to stretch on forever? Mike can. I think all of you can too. When a week seemed like four or an hour seemed like it went on for days, what were you doing during that period? Getting stitches in my leg. That took a long time. Oh, well, according to this, chances are you were probably doing something or a whole bunch of somethings, like a whole bunch of stitches, that was (laughs) brand new to you and demanded your attention. Stitch in time saves nine. (laughs) Never got that. Well, I guess you do now. The funny thing is, by focusing on what you were doing, you actually slowed down time or at least how your brain perceived that time anyway. So that's the main point of this whole article and this whole blog post. And then um, it quotes a neuroscientist, David Eagleman. And Reno and I were looking at this example, and we don't think that it's a really good example. But if you want to, to picture this concept, you can 
look into a mirror and try to focus on first your left eye and then your right eye. So both of your eyes are trying to look at one particular eye. And yeah, <laughs> it might, don't give yourself a headache. Don't do it too fast. But you'll notice that while you can do focus, it while drunk, you can, <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be like, oh, I can't see Time it. Time slows down that's, so that's much. That's right. <laughs> Intelligence lowers. And <laughs> so you can see each of your eyes when you do this, but you'll never actually be able to see your eyes moving. And that's supposed to show you that you're missing out on certain things. You, your brain can't process everything and it, it doesn't actually pick up everything. It edits the world for you in order to make it make more sense. And you know, certain things like how your eyes actually see upside down, but your brain flips the image. Your brain does all kinds of things to make the world make more sense. And so this article is about how you can change the way you perceive time. And I think that's really cool. What do you think, Reno? Is there any way we could like speed it up? Like if we're having like a bad day, is there a way we could like speed up time? Do things you've done before. Like work. Like you're <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you get into a routine and you experience information and, and settings and people and situations that you've already experienced previously, it will seem to go faster because your brain uses more energy and more concentration to understand things that are new. And so if you're doing things that are old hat to you and things you don't have to think about anymore, like driving down the same street or something yeah. like that, time will seem to go faster. But if you take a new route to work, well, I think what they mean is time overall, not you're not, if you're just doing your daily grind, it seems like times just standing still. No, not necessarily. I mean, it's not the same uh. as like wanting to go home. I think it's, it's a little different. Like you, if you're at a job that you don't like, or if you're having a bad day at work, and even though you want to go home and you feel like it's taking forever, it's still, it also seems like nothing really happened. It seems like the day flew by in a bad way. Like you didn't really get any time to do anything. But if you left the office and then you came home and did something completely different from what you normally do, it might seem to go, it might seem to stretch out the day. No, I, I, I understand what you mean. I guess I just, you know, time seems to fly because maybe what I guess I'm saying is, is like the more things you have to remember, the more it seems like time took but really like when you're doing something fun and new when you're actually doing it it seems like time flies really quick in my personal experience yeah i think and that's what it's saying too is when you look back on the experiences it seems like it was a long long time no it seems really quick but no well, at the like time you do it have asperger's so that's it's opposite day for me every day Never mind. <laughs> i'm just gonna back out of this one Think about this, like think like you're you're driving somewhere for the first time, like uh, to someone's house or something, or you're going to some new place, and it maybe it takes like 20, 30 minutes to get there, and maybe it kind of feels like it's taking a long time, but then when you're driving back, it yeah, feels it like it, it always faster. feels faster on the way home. It always yeah. feels faster on the way home because you're going home. It's going somewhere, but it's familiar. in reverse, so shouldn't that make a difference? It means time's going backwards. Oh my That's gosh. Right. No Only if you're going 88 miles around. an hour. Cue a really bad Huey Lewis in the news. 42, <laughs> 42, 42, 42. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, the whole idea of this article is that you're not actually changing how much time passes, but it's just, it's changing your brain's perception of time. So when you do something new, it seems like it takes longer because your brain takes the time to process the information and it, it sorts everything out and it pays attention to new stuff more than it pays attention to older things. And there is an experiment mentioned somewhere in here. I think it's also the same um, neuroscientist Eagleman where 
um, the person who's blogging this participated in the experiment. And so Eagleman had this little computer and it flashed images. Um, and I think like, what was the one that it flashed all the time? The flower was a different one, but then it would flash like a dog or something like that. Something, it would flash the same image several times. And then all of a sudden the computer screen would flash like a flower or something like that. And so the blogger who wrote this said that the image of the dog or whatever the um, repeated image was, it always seemed like it was on the screen for a shorter amount of time. And the flower seemed like it was on the screen for a longer amount of time, but actually they were all the same amount of time. So it was like, instead of an optical illusion, it was like a time illusion, like a, yeah. you know, it's crazy because the flower was the new thing and mm -hmm. this person's brain paid more attention to that. So in some ways this article like seems to argue against like practicing and memorizing things, you know, like, cause <laughs> you wouldn't pay attention as much if you've seen it before, but that's not really what it's saying. And then how age affects time perception? How does, how does our age make a difference? So it says, as we age, this process comes into play even more, making time seem to fly much faster. And because you've been around for a longer amount of time, if you're older, chances are you've seen and experienced more. And if you go out in the world and you're more familiar with it, it seems like time just sort of slips through your fingers, you know? Well, plus when you're older, most of your life gets wrapped up in routine. Yeah. And also I think when your brain isn't as sharp. When you're a kid, you're, everything's new. Yeah. Yeah. Like, tripping's new. Exactly. Stabbing yourself. Tripping, what, like on acid? <laughs> no, like time tripping really on the ground. Or doing a handstand in your living room and smashing yeah. into your drum set. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's that's like forever. A, <laughs> there you go. If only had been in slow motion, then you might have saved some... Like Neo or something? Like yeah. In the Matrix? Dodge the symbols. <laughs> You're fine. So anyway, if anyone out there is looking for ways to make their days feel longer... You can do all kinds of things. You can learn new stuff. You can visit new places. You can meet new people, try new activities, and be spontaneous. That one always smacks me in the face. I am not spontaneous at all. Why do you think that is? I can't come up with an answer on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think when is I was... That, is that like a tourist thing? or is it, that, yeah, yeah, apparently it is. But yeah. I think that's just that's also what I've learned to do, I think, because my, my older sibling is very spontaneous and she and I grew up together for about five years before my younger sister was born. And so you're not spontaneous, just like out of spite? No, I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like we sort of grew to be like opposites of each other where I'm when we're around each other, we do this a lot more. She's more spontaneous and I'm more rigid and more responsible. And maybe that just sort of happened in my personality. Maybe it's in my DNA to not be spontaneous. Maybe. I don't know. Like that could be what it is. But Reno is pretty spontaneous, I think. I can be. Yeah. If you plan it out first. Yeah. I yeah. just plan it out. I have to make <laughs> time for it. That's right. We to make time for fun. Yeah. Mike, are you spontaneous? No. <laughs> he is well mike and i are pretty i don't know we're creatures of habit and actually so time flies by for you guys then no it would yeah i guess so yeah. that's right yeah yeah so i'm actually 50 <laughs> but you know yeah no i'm not spontaneous yeah no 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 well, even like yesterday when mike you weren't here you were at band practice and then reno and i met an ex-coworker of his um for happy hour and so 
I felt like my day lasted longer just doing that different thing. And then like after yeah. I came back here, we were out of coffee. So I went to the store and it was like all weird because I usually go at like four or five o'clock and it was eight o'clock. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even that little tiny change, I felt like I had more time. I came back here and I drew and I had like all these things I was doing and I went to bed later. It's the magic of time. Wow. Getting yeah. out of your routine. That's right. Getting scary. It's a 25 hour day for you. Yeah. Actually. So the next day I had to like make several to-do lists and even things out yeah <laughs> get really responsible about it nice yep do you want to sure let's go on to <clears throat> this one's entitled the spooky nebula oh my gosh do that twilight zone song do again. Do 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 do. <laughs> okay so um some background information um the <laughs> don't, don't hurt the cosmic again. microwave background radiation <laughs> is like the now you get it <laughs> well i didn't know where you were going with that <laughs> the cosmic <laughs> microwave background radiation is it's like the joke. leftover heat from the big bang so there's such a big explosion and this huge fireball basically and put in layman's terms right like a big explosion and it's it's expanding and expanding and expanding getting bigger and bigger and it's like slowly cooling down but even like in like void empty space or what you think would be empty void space it's still like a few degrees above absolute zero so which means it's not exactly void then right it's not exactly void right oh, there's shit. background radiation that's right cosmic microwave background radiation heating up the nothing heating up the nothing <laughs> so um they found this uh nebula that they've coined as the boomerang nebula sloughing off gas from its shell which is uh producing this um weird shape of a boomerang sort of um it's a um it's a dead star and um uh, uh the gas is cooling as it flows away from the white dwarf star in a process similar to how refrigerators stay cold by expanding gas so this is like the ultimate refrigerator like I can the, yes this loaded is up with groceries and yes some extra space Extra space, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so they used um, the the Alma uh, telescopes, which are in the Atacama Desert in Chile. I think it's either Chile or Peru. I'm thinking Chile. That sounds right. Because it's really cold. Chile. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Horrible. Um, so, anyways, they 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 um, were looking at this nebula and they deduced that it's actually minus 272 degrees celsius which i think is about a degree or two above absolute zero so here in california we have no idea what that would feel like yeah, fuck no at all <laughs> no maybe minnesota Could like it's it. almost november and it was what like 75 today yeah almost 80. it's ridiculous yeah. i wore a sweater just because i felt it like was it. 67 no way way no way way in the sun or in the shade and in my <laughs> smartphone. I mean, in it your yeah. smartphone? Does the thing <laughs> have AC? 67. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it was cold. It didn't feel like... It was like almost 80 yesterday, mm. I think. No, it was it was cold. Where were you yesterday? Okay, this is the difference between skinny people and fat people. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> no, it was yeah. cold yesterday. A little bit really of sun was. will make a skinny person like 
No, no, actually, so no, it's the other yeah, way. Yeah, I should be the one complaining. Like, what yeah, what's yeah. Uh, Never mind. Time is right. slowing down. I want to. So <laughs> me. I want to back out of this one. Back out of this no, one. No. <laughs> I lost this fight before he even started. But Mike's right, though. It was it was in the sixties, like for yeah. a few well, days. It's been in yeah. the sixties, like the high. All right, well, a couple days like ago is eighty. Inside it was. It's eighty somewhere. Last Wednesday. Yeah. That's a week. I'm backing out of this one. All right. Two fights lost. Great. Now I'm left in the void. Thanks a lot. Okay. Hey, you won um, by default. What are you complaining about? <laughs> That's not a win. So, uh, it's just kind of interesting that they found something that's like colder than space. But it's in space. But it's in space. So, space Crazy. is actually warming up this nebula. Whoa. Probably. It's kind of weird. And what's really cool, uh, if you look up like superconductors or like superfluids, um, when some, when materials get super duper cold like almost absolute zero they start having really strange weird properties like they can have levitating magnets and um frictionless uh levitation um when they have super cold um um certain metals so super cold stuff's pretty interesting it's pretty super it's pretty super something crazy might happen with this and and the cool thing is um we can see it with telescopes, I mean, really special telescopes. But usually, it seems like when things like this are discovered, it's because people have theorized, you know, based on the way that stars' light is moving and stuff like that, that something's right. out there. But this time, they actually saw it, so that must mean it's true. That's right. That's, that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and these these telescopes in the Atacama Desert <laughs> are are really cool. They're they're really pretty cool. new. They're really really cool. Ultra gold. Yep. Yep. And uh, the Atacama Desert, I believe, is the driest spot on Earth. And it's also tens of thousands of feet up. I think like at least 16,000 feet, I want to say, somewhere around there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so they're really high up. The air is really thin and there's no moisture up in the air because it's high desert. So um, they get really, really clear skies um, for these telescopes. And they have... Um, several of these telescopes built um, throughout the throughout the desert, so they can um, triangulate and get uh, some better depth perspective, kind of um, stereoscopic type of Whoa. views. Throwing yeah. out the big shit there. <laughs> Lots of syllables there. That's right. Count so them out. I wonder if when <laughs> you have to use your fingers, Five. please. Can't you intuit that number? <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if, like, when the scientists look through the telescope. And they saw the coldest thing in the universe, a shiver went up through his mind. Like <laughs> <I went. laughs> so cheesy. Hey, that's cold. Come on. It's cold. <laughs> Give me some credit. <laughs> so, well, I don't know. I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> so that's this thing. And the part of this article I didn't get is how it can be shaped like an hourglass. Weren't they saying the gas is distorted by something and that's why... Like when we look at the light that it emits, it looks like an hourglass instead of a, an orb. Is it because? You know, I didn't really catch that part. That, that part wasn't was really interesting to me. to me. Oh, well. I didn't really I care. Because I focus on the details. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you're right that like with like a lot of things, like with these like exoplanets that they're looking for, like the, you know, the, the new Earth somewhere out there, like a lot of times they're not seeing it directly, but they're just seeing... Um, uh, like a shift in the in a star's light as the planet passes by, or yeah. the planet's gravity exerts a slight tug on this or that, and they deduce 
um, where it's at mathematically, and yeah, they can't really stereoscopically. See, they can't see stereoscopically it. see it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, I don't know the order of the planets, and I got severely reprimanded for that yesterday. So if anybody out there doesn't yeah. know the order of the planets, it's okay. No, 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 it's it's not it's, okay. It's, it's okay. It's not okay. The only important one is Earth. Okay, that's okay. All. We got a, we got a rover on Mars. Do you know where Mars is? What's Mars? What's Mars? <laughs> it's where there's candy bars. <laughs> it's, where, it's where boys come from. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. As long as we got that that's squared right. away. Yeah. 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 Asteroid belt. You don't know where the asteroid I, belt I is? I know what it is. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. That's great. <laughs> and you have a science podcast. Look, I just pretend to be a science. Okay. I could tell you a lot about art. Yeah, please do. If somebody painted all these things in space, I would know exactly where they were. Yeah, no one's ever painted the planets before. Well, you know what? <laughs> uh, anyways. You probably even know what they look like. I, no. No. Which one's the biggest one? Jupiter. Yes, oh, good guess. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I intuited that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, do you know the order of the planets? No. 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 Oh. No. Okay, well, there's a little mnemonic. Hey. You Whoa. Whoa, producer, mix board, computer, that's me. I'm you guys asking. are knowledge. Okay, well, right. there's a little mnemonic that you can use to remember them. And isn't it something like, my very excellent mother did some stuff with pizza or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember what it is? Like no, I, I, no, I didn't hear that oh, you one. Hear you that get part. the first. You got the first few. Right, the M. Yeah, the M. Yeah, and okay, my okay. very excellent mother. So that's so Mercury, Venus, did stuff Earth, with Mars. pizza. Yeah, I don't know about the D. Yeah, that's for duh. Yeah. <laughs> D duh, for Saturn. Yeah, that one. Pizza is Pluto. Mm-hmm. Well, Pluto doesn't count anymore. So yeah, there's no pizza it's involved been anymore. Out of the club. <laughs> I just realized how funny that was. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck buying that. Yeah. Okay. so speaking of not knowing things Mm -hmm. and people giving you crap for it um (laughs) my my mom actually found this article for us and i think it's really interesting it's called through the looking glass what's your mom like i've never met her before she's a lot like me is she i'm like her yeah she well she's she's pretty She's very spontaneous. No, I mean, she's more spontaneous than I am, actually. But she's she's pretty serious. She gives the air of being serious, but actually, she can be really goofy sometimes when you get to know her. So yeah. I've lived with her, you know. So she's pretty goofy. So with I you. know her. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> she used to be a teacher um, for Gate kids, the gifted and talented education kids, and actually, Not for Gay kids, Gate. Kids. That, I I okay. try to enunciate T because <laughs> <laughs> she's the teacher for the gay kids. <laughs> All those gays are in one classroom. I don't know what they're going to do. It's different back in the what, Yeah, the there's 80s. different IQ tests for them, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she had the real reading rainbow. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody in this room right now, actually, I think, was in gifted and talented education at some point. No, I wasn't. I thought you were. No. Really? No. I don't know. I kind of figured that would happen. I went to elementary school in Oregon. I don't think they had gate. You would have there's, been There's it. no gays in the Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> there's no gates in Oregon. <laughs> Well, anyways, um, that's not the point of this article. I just wanted to throw that out there that she's mm. into all these academic and scholarly things because of her background. So she sent me this article about the history of the IQ test, you know, in general. And I think even though we've redone the test and trying to make it less biased and everything else, people still view it in a really narrow way. And it's not actually intended for what we've been using it for. 
Um, and the guy who developed the IQ test in the early 1900s, he was just interested in looking at how people think differently and how people process information differently and how people handle a challenge differently. And he wasn't even really, his goal wasn't to see, you know, like who's capable and who's not. And that's still, I think, how we use it. And, and you still look at the numbers that way. Well, something that's interesting is it came out of like the eugenics um, movement that was still rip roaring in the early 1900s. Um, and actually sociology used to oh. like, uh, um, uh, socialize no. soci- yeah, eugenics. Um, so, um, is it the IQ test was a way of weeding out mentally retarded, um, people from mainstream. Um, an interesting thing I remember hearing <coughs> back in my college days was that, um, uh, when they first, um, uh, came out with the IQ test, women were doing better than men um, in a lot of, um, in a lot of circumstances. So they're like, well, obviously the test is flawed. Yeah, they had to so get, they revised they had to it revise so that, it. so that women did worse. And that's interesting too, because it's been revised so many times and it's been revised for so many odd reasons and, and probably way back then, not for the right ones. And so now whatever we have is just like this sort of, I don't know, it seems like it might be this sort of bastardized version of what this guy <laughs> first made, you know? Yeah. So anyway, um, I thought that was interesting. And I think we don't consider that enough when we look at IQ tests today. Like, where did it actually come from? What was the point of it? Um, why are we still using it? How different is it today? I've never even taken an IQ test, like, ever. And that's why I didn't get into the gate program. I bet if you take one, I'd be like, <laughs> and you'd be, like, in charge of that shit. That's what happened. So... <laughs> but Mike has taken an IQ test and I think he got like 135 or something. Yep. Oh, see, I remember that. Um, and I, I took one and skipped all the math problems because I hate math and I wanted to see what happens. So I got a 90 and I know that's not accurate. Ouch. Yeah. But what's the cutoff for like you're mentally retarded or you're not like, okay. I think like, I will look it up right now. Yeah. I'm Sweet. going to guess like a hundred is the average score that, um, across the population like 80 or maybe, maybe 60. I think yeah I think 80 is like mildly can you retarded. get a negative number <laughs> negative 272 <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, they well, probably wouldn't understand like if you got like a negative like five they I wouldn't know. understand what negative five yeah means. Like, or maybe they would intuit it no probably not <laughs> <laughs> you never know anyways hold um, on I'm looking I'm looking okay. just chill just chill just chill yeah, we'll just we'll just chill and have some dead air here for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell a story. Well, actually, I wanted to keep going with this article because there was a little All bit right. more. Um, you do that. I I will. So right. the guy in 1905 who made um, the IQ test, he didn't intend it to be um, a predictor of how a child would do in the future, and that's still kind of how we use it. He wanted it to just show here's what you can do in the moment while you're taking the test. Here's here's what the test is showing your brain doing. This is how we view your processing ability. But people still use it to show, you know, like oh here's here's the number. So that means that this kid's gonna do this in the future, and that means that these doors are closed to him, or these doors are open, or whatever. Mike, did you find it? Yes. What's the cutoff? It's just the, what the way they described one of the categories is uh, just terrible. What does it say? So if you're below seventy, you're borderline deficiency. Oh, borderline S- deficient. 
<laughs> well, I don't know why yeah, borderline. Like I mean, like you're not sufficient. So you're just seventy <laughs> to eighty-five is dullness, and that <laughs> made me chuckle. What, I don't know at least you're not deficient. <laughs> you're just a little dull. What's the just date dull. on this description <laughs> here? Uh, very luminous. Forty-three. Yeah. 85 to 115, you're normal. Okay. Hey, you're 115. Oh, oh, good. Congratulations. Yeah. 115 to 130, you are superior. Ooh. Mm. Mike's superior than superior. Oh, no, no. What's yeah, 130, to, superior. 130 to 145 is very superior. Yeah, but you're not a genius. So. <laughs> and above 145 is genius or near okay, genius. Okay, that's my goal. I'm going to get above 145. So I'm I am, for 146. I am very superior. No, they, they well, these scores don't mean shit because I drive a forklift for a living. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it very superiorly. Yes, I do. Yeah. But these tests are timed, right? And then they divide it. Don't they? Th- they divide it by your age. So age. the older you get, like you have to like get smarter and faster. Yeah, I like well, you. if you take it several times, it'll go by really quick for you, and then oh, you'll okay. be yeah. It's it. time. Then it'll be um, younger. N- what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I remember one time they said not every. An- it's not like a set way of like. This answer is the right answer, so to speak. Like, well, I hope so with the math. It's pi- well on the math, but there's <laughs> like certain things that are like logic based and all that yeah, stuff like there's that. There's a lot of patterns that. on there, and like yeah, isn't there like there's a lot of there's lots like uh like if a equals b and b equals c, then yeah. c equals d, then what is does d equal b kind of shit? At least it's letters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of that if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. I mean, I took it like like 15 years ago no, or something I like remember, that. No, I remember mm. taking tests like that when I switched from one school to the other and when I went to a gate school. Like, I remember I went to this room and um, they gave you all these puzzle pieces and, you know, you had to, like... Did it take a long time or did it just feel like it took a long time? <laughs> this was a new experience. It should have just, like, it, that's take right. it forever. Yeah, I actually was scared. I remember I was really scared. I was like, what's happening? Where am I going? What is it? I'm going to do math. Ah. I was really scared <laughs> about it. But actually, it was really fun. I remember like they... Don't sweat it. You're normal. They gave me like... St- <laughs> Barely. They gave me like she's strings of numbers. Know, she's almost dull. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Anyway. He said it first. Yeah, I know. But when I took that IQ test, it wasn't like a valid, you know, indicator. I think it's a bullshit number, honestly. Yeah. Well, I was, my mom still to this day won't tell me what it is. Like I ask her almost every day. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> What is it really? <laughs> She's ashamed of her dull child. <laughs> 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 but anyway, I remember they would make me say strings and numbers backwards and, and they'd make me replicate patterns and you'd have to figure out, you know. You're not going to amount to anything in this world, Nina, unless you can recite numbers backwards. I guess not. I mean, <laughs> that's the true test of my metal. Right I do now. that every day at my work when I teach yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Count backwards. Count backwards. I do it in the shower when I wake up every morning. We're talking about counting, Mike. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had to make that joke. What? What? It's fine. What? Okay. I'm not dull. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyways. That's my argument for everything now. I guess so. I keep saying, um, you know, outside of recording that the three of us should take an IQ test and then compare results and we can compare the results on the air. Yeah. I think yeah, that'd be interesting. I think we should. Mike is afraid that he won't have 135 anymore. I think I'm pretty sure I've gotten dumber over the years. No, I did. Did you guys, it. did you guys do your SATs? Do you guys remember your SAT scores? I didn't don't have talk to. About that. You didn't have to. You don't want to talk about it. There's math involved. Screw that. It's <laughs> because there's a number in there. <laughs> no, so I you did a piss poor I job. Went to then, a yeah. No, I just on the math. Well, okay. I hated the math. I went to JC. Instead. I was almost perfect. I went to a JC, but I still took an SAT. No, I knew I wasn't going to okay, get what, it. What was yours? I don't want to say if you guys are going to say. Well, all I remember is I didn't is take it, so that's. All right. But um, 
I got almost perfect on the like the language side, like the other half of yeah. it. But the math side, it was like, wah, wah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I remember like I I partied like the night before, oh, and geez. I was like, I, I don't think I had slept really. And then I like took the test, and I was way lower than uh, I wanted it to be. We should take that too. Just for fun. Uh, party after. <laughs> Honestly, SAT uh, after we should do like an IQ test and yeah. then party and then IQ test afterwards. That's right. Well, I it'll think go by faster or during. I think yeah. the reason that IQ test is a party. We know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, here's the other thing. I think the reason that I yeah, also IQ have party. a high <laughs> IQ is because I just test well. Well, so like do I, I, but only yeah, in I'm certain a good subjects. Tester. Like, I got a. I went through JC, got an associate's degree. I didn't go to class like seventy percent of the time. Ugh. Well, I, don't I just know. showed up and took tests. That infuriates me. I remember <laughs> that's, like that's what I did. Like I had a I had a math class. It was five days a week. I went one day a week, turned in some homework, then came for the test. God, in all of my math classes, I was yeah, just terrified no. of missing a homework assignment because I knew I would totally bomb the test part of it. So I was like really, really particular about getting my homework done and making sure I did the right page. No, I, and I would like struggle over it for hours and turn it in. And then no, the I would come out. and it would be like, fuck you, Nina. You're not going to get an A in this class. I lucked out. Like every homework assignment was listed on the syllabus. So I just knew what I had to do. So I went in on Monday, did it all while he was lecturing, turned yeah, it in when I left. figured out how to pass the class. Yeah. And he even said to me, he's like, if you didn't like do that and pass all your tests, I would have flunked you for attendance. But you kept passing your tests and turning well, in your homework. Luckily, like you had a teacher who didn't have something to prove because yeah. a lot of people would have been like, I'm going to fail you just out of But principle. that's the thing. Like, yeah. I would purposely like uh, talk to people who were like a little bit ahead of me in school and be like, which teachers base their grades <laughs> solely on tests? And just sign up for those classes. Yeah, like I would not. I, yeah, I totally preferred like the tests. I hated doing essays and projects. Yeah, like what? Yeah. How can you hate essays? Oh, I don't. It's I don't mind it for I like, like an act, like on actual. I enjoyed English, so I didn't mind doing it for English. But like, if I had to take like any other course, if there was even part of my grade was based on homework, I dropped it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and just signed up for another teacher that only based everything on tests. And I would just seriously just either show up, take notes, and then just take the test. That's it. So that, to do it. that's an interesting point, yeah. though. Like, I wonder if that, if your score in the IQ test reflects that way of thinking. Because when I went to college, I just assumed that I had to follow all of the rules, and that's just what I do. Like, no. I never, like, try to manipulate my way out of certain things. Like, where there's a structure and a hierarchy, I'm always like, okay, well, I'll do this because that's what I'm supposed to do. You're such a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like I looked, I would, I'd, even when I was in Sac State, it was the same way. Like, how can I get this grade as high as possible, as easily as possible? See, I didn't think about it like that. When it came to... And I had, like, when I was at, like, I, I turned a new leaf when I was at Sac State. Like, I started getting 4.0 on everything when I got to Sac That's State. That's kind of how I was. Before yeah. that, like... When I got to real like college, then I, then I turned it around. About 25 and younger is yeah. more about, like, okay, look, I got, like, a B right now, so I don't have to turn it this homework assignment don't have to turn in that homework I assignment i can show. still get a c and pass what? yeah like i could uh, yeah. well that's the thing it's totally yeah. like bare minimum like as long as i'm not getting a d or an f I'm well it's not i mean we're not like med students you know it's no, not like, i know like you want your surgeon Neither to be at like 95 percent or above not 70 percent hey, they slack off too i'm sure they do yeah and the guess what the top kids get the best jobs while everybody else doesn't other people drive forklifts yeah <laughs> see <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, homework, like on any degree that I could ever possibly get, it's not going to be like Mike only did the so and so amount of homework. <laughs> oh, you know? I know. It doesn't I say on my associate's degree that I slept through math class. 
<laughs> That'd be pretty awesome if it did. It's just like this guy <laughs> was like a asterisk. douche. Mike, Mike got his degree, but he could have really tried a little bit harder. And but that's my point. Class sometimes. That's actually. my point with all these tests. Like, it, dude, it's a number. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, that's all tests are. They just measure a really specific thing in a really specific time, usually. Yeah, I was yeah. reading something about celebrity IQs, and they ranked oh Britney Spears God. up in like 140s or some shit like that. Something How ridiculous. Britney Spears got better score than you did, Nina. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. And look score. at her. Like she's a fucking train wreck. So I wouldn't really take this. Like, maybe the she's article, really smart. Maybe, maybe she is. Or she just she's just a good test like taker. Like this article, smart. I think, is kind of on the right idea. Where, dude, this is pretty obsolete. Yeah. But we still use it, and I still want to yeah. take it. And there you go. Like, it's embedded into our culture. I don't think we can get right. rid of it anytime soon. It's Like, honestly, if you didn't fuck off on the math part, you probably would have gotten a better score than me. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, probably. But that is my personality. Yeah. Like math. Oh, turn my brain off. Exactly. So th- that's it's the thing. better now than I used to be. Just like C's get degrees, 90s are good enough for whatever the fuck it is you do now. Teach, that teaching is not disabled the kids. way to think about it. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> it worked out, right? Yes. <laughs> Don't question it. All right, next article. Okay. So <laughs> conversation over. <laughs> okay, so did you guys know that dogs are people too? What IQs do they have? Um, they're between dull and superior, <laughs> I think. Depends. So normal? Yeah. Yeah, it depends if you're talking about Chihuahua or, you know, Wiener Schnitzel. No, uh, Wiener Schnitzel, those Dutch hounds, the, uh, the Wiener Dogs. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Wiener Dogs. A Wiener Dog or a Wiener Dog? Is that a Dutch hound. Uh, okay. I said Wiener Schnitzel. Oh. I yeah. I Anyways. Okay. Just one across the street if you want to get one after work. No, not the best vegetarian place. <laughs> well, you just go with me. Oh, okay. All you right. get like, oh. Get a chili dog. Get yeah. pretzel. Let's get a veggie chili dog. Yeah, the bun. Yeah. <laughs> um... So basically, they um, did some MRI scans on dogs, and they came up with um, at least this uh, Professor Burns guy, uh, professor of neuroeconomics at Emory University. I don't know what the hell neuroeconomics yeah. is. Yeah, what? Like the market of your brain? I guess. Uh, or, well, yeah. Brain marketing. It's not a lot of interest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so anyways, they, they put dogs through MRI, uh, scannings and a lot of the, the parts in the brain that light up for, um, human emotions light up in dogs too. So they, this professor Burns is taking that as evidence that dogs have emotions. And so therefore they're more human than maybe we give them credit for. But I think most people already assume possibly that dogs have emotions. I think so too, but it's, it's nice just to kind of harder. Proof. Yeah, it's kind of harder to prove it scientifically. But this is a little bit of a uh, some some evidence. It's almost sad that they do have evidence now, though. You know, like why are we trying to scientifically prove this when we already can feel? Like, why would you scientifically try to prove that emotions are present? <laughs> like that doesn't. It's almost like counterintuitive. It's kind of like those assholes that say love is just a chemical reaction. Yeah, yeah. that's not true. Well, like, there's it more is. Than that. But, uh, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> See, well, so. Anyway, I, I don't know. I think we all feel that our pets are valuable and that they they know what we're feeling and they try to feel it back sometimes. And maybe this is good. Maybe it's it's nice to prove that it's happening and mm. it's not just like. I noticed that cats were missing from this from this study. Cats are yeah. very emotive and are they? they? Yes, I, I, I beg to differ. Okay, well, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Whose IQ is better here? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> so these cats. 
that Mike and I have, these three cats, I don't know, they, they seem to respond to our emotions and they like they care when we're sick and they know when we're happy and they can tell when we've had a bad day or don't like they didn't they like claw at mike all the time i mean no they didn't what do you mean he didn't like them originally well we only had one at first no i didn't like them at first okay but no no cats i mean cats have emotions too but dogs just seem much more personable i guess I think dogs are more social. Yeah, they're like more genetically inclined to be that way mm-hmm. because they've been bred for that reason and they're like they're constantly around people and like we use them for so many things um and they do things for people, but I think cats if you raise them the right way they could turn out to be the same way like if you're a good cat parent. Then uh, I think it has to be in their DNA. I, I think part of it's in the cat's DNA. <laughs> Some of them are just they're just loners and, you know. Yeah. They, the they right like if a cat grows up feral, you're not going to make it as your. Oh your no, no, not yeah. going to happen. Forget about it. Like you have a better chance of finding a wild dog and making your friend versus yeah. a wild cat. Yeah, but if you get a cat as a kitten and raise it, or you find a cat that has been raised or has been uh, uh, like in people's presence, it mm-hmm. definitely warms up to them and it shows emotion. Like, and I mean, even though I like my three cats, the sweetest cat that I know is at my warehouse where I work and it's a it's a semi-feral cat it was just dropped there someone just ditched it and we ended up like my boss and I we ended up like buying a food and feeding it every day and providing it for some shelter even though we can't adopt it like oh I don't have room for it and he's not going to take it nobody else wants to take it but we still care for it and it shows it. it's like it's thankful to us every day that we show up and feed it and it's the sweetest cat in the world and but god doesn't exist <laughs> fuck god god has nothing god to do with it. it like every time i go out like i used to when i used to smoke i'd go out there every break and i'd sit down on the sidewalk and it smoke would curl great with the cat i would well, no, i would like, people too. it would curl it would curl up on my lap and just sit there for the whole 15 minutes it's got nicotine yeah. addiction i know <laughs> no it's just like this cat is just completely thankful and that's very emotional so anyone who yeah. says that animals don't have emotion obviously just hasn't had well maybe any. some animals don't i mean like fish yeah like my well even my goldfish maybe. in there knows when it's feeding time yeah well yeah but that's not an emotion though that's a need yeah 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 but certain animals are more Speak, we, i don't like, think we give them enough credit yeah. Dolphins in in India are considered people too. That's I, right. Did we, did yeah. we talk about this? No, yeah. I don't. I don't know if we ever like dolphin thing again. About yeah. It it's like the fourth time we brought up dolphins they, in this they podcast. They were allotted like civil rights. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Dolphins basically have like civil rights. They're non-human people in India now, which means you can't you can't have them as like pets. At, you can't <laughs> guests. <laughs> Do, Do you have vote? ID, sir? <laughs> um, pay taxes. <laughs> They should water tax. I know. The water tax, the blowhole tax. Yeah. <laughs> the rape cave tax. <laughs> so like the yeah, you can't like keep a dolphin in captivity. You can save it, I guess, under some circumstances. What if that goes to jail for rape? Doesn't that work? You, good luck jailing a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a shark cage. They also found a new species of humpback dolphins. There's already, they already discovered, they knew about some humpback dolphins, I guess they're called, but they found some new ones, I think off the coast of Australia, I want to say. That's interesting. I wonder why it took them so long to find those dolphins. Yeah. I'm, Evolution. I'm wondering, like, I'm not being sarcastic. I really wonder. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. Just keep you up at night when you're watching Frasier. <laughs> like, how do they find those dolphins? It took them so long. 
Well, it seems like Australia is the place to find all kinds of interesting species mm. because it's maybe there's some marsupial dolphins with like pouches. Oh my gosh! Whoa, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And they could eat eucalyptus leaves <laughs> in the water. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, these are mm. the things. These are the questions that drive scientific discovery. Another cool thing that I saw kind of relating to animals is they they must have known this for a while, but I just read an article about how elephants will respond to pointing. Oh, like yeah. I you, remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah. You can like point to something and without any training, like they'll look and like they point at food or point this way or that way. And like they'll get like that you're pointed to something and then you're referring to something. Whereas like many, many, most other animals don't get that. Yeah. Like when you point and you put your arm back down, they follow the motion of your arm. Yeah. They don't look at what you're pointing. Like I don't think cats get pointing. Well, I, they probably could if you trained them. You train them. A laser pointer. It. Yeah. You could do it. Like I, you I could, could. Learn, you could learn pointing. Oh, or well, you, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, I think it's possible, but that's interesting. Well, I wonder if it's, I don't know how you would do it, but if they could MRI scan an elephant brain and, and check, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they, they show emotions. Like it's been documented that they they cry like in their own elephant way and then they like mourn a death. <laughs> in their like, own elephant way. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like they, uh, what? <laughs> do they not shed tears like us? Well, I don't know. Not the strong ones. Not the, <laughs> not the strong and silent type. <laughs> <So. laughs> Anyways, but they, and they laugh and they, you know, they communicate and with their... In their own their, kind of way. Yeah. 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 They point at stuff and they laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> they point at other elephants crying. <laughs> look, at, look at that guy. Look at Jim crying <laughs> over there. That's what happens. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a new species of elephant that can point no, to back elephants. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Next article. Yeah. Next. I, I wonder if elephants could mathematically intuit things. I don't know. So, this next article sort of has to do with something we talked about before on this podcast, which is there's a part of your brain that <clears throat> can recognize numbers and know instantly up to a certain point, how many things you're looking at without having to physically count or even add groups of numbers together, it knows. And I think this next article is sort of related to that. So they've identified a mathematical thinking area of the brain and the technique that this brain, that any brain uses to do this can lead to mind reading devices. And I think that's an interesting point, not mind reading, but mind reading devices. Like you can't mind read without the aid of something else yeah yeah thanks that's yeah, a good input no there yep right. yep yeah Anyways. it was okay so i was pointing i didn't notice that part yeah it wasn't actually can't handle it because you're not 90. an elephant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna hurt her feelings i know i don't have any feelings it's all right anyway so she cries in her own way yeah yeah i cried to fraser okay <laughs> Oh, man. Researchers uh. have found the first solid evidence that a specific brain region is activated in everyday conversation when people use numbers or even imprecise quantitative terms such as more than, according to a study by Stanford University School of Medicine. Does it bother you when people mess up and they put more than and they, they spell than? That with does bother me. Yeah. It stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I don't need pointing to notice that. <laughs> Get it. 
So that brain region was previously found to be activated when people are asked to perform mathematical calculations, but only in a limited, unnatural experimental setting. So it's like when you're taking a test, I guess, your brain gets into the I'm taking a test mode. Well, like it's, it's, it's when like how they, they measure the brain thing. So like they're using an fMRI, yeah. which is when you're in like that like tube thing they stuck in you know, like they're like an I, elephant I know whatever. What it is. Okay. But like that's like <laughs> 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 Look, we've watched House, okay? <laughs> but yeah, that's if like not a natural there, setting. Like maybe like when you're lying down in a dark chamber and you think about numbers like a different part of your brain lights up than when you're like taking an IQ test. Uh, so. Maybe. Well I wouldn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she skipped the numbers part. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I intuitively knew that I couldn't do it and I skipped yeah. it. So okay. So I guess they're um, going to the next level here and saying, in real life, does this thing happen? Is it the same when you're not under all that equipment? And so it says, let's see. So those studies use either fMRI, like Reno was saying, or... Or egg. Yeah, EEG. E yeah. Electroencephalograph. EEG, I guess. Isn't that what it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So anyways, um, and I guess now they've proven that your brain does this and they're thinking that you could exploit that region in order to do other mind reading tasks. This is the part that I thought was weird. I don't know. What do you think about it, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was doing the typical producer role thing and tuning out. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. Good producing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's, do you think like mind read, like psychic mind reading is even possible? No. No? No. Not at all? I think it is. You've never, had like, a, you've never had like a psychic moment or... What am I thinking right now? No. Well, I'm not psychic right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not going to say no. I just, I've well, never... Yeah, I think Yuri did say no, actually. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, I retract my, my initial knee-jerk reaction of negativity. And... <laughs> I, anything's possible, but I, I sure haven't. It. I haven't witnessed anything. <laughs> I, yeah. No. Totally. Yes, okay. I highly doubt. Psychic? Like people reading minds and stuff like that? No, I haven't seen anything like that. I I've seen people claim they can. Yeah. I don't think it's as easy as that. I think you know. I've been doing a lot of research on this because of the book that I'm writing right now. And the most interesting thing I've read is that when you... A lot of psychics and palm readers do something called cold reading, which is where they look at somebody and... Oh, I ultra cold reading. Th that's right. Oh, in shit. The yeah, but they look at someone through a telescope in the desert yeah. and they can figure out what they're thinking. Yeah, but the but difference is, is they're they're using your natural like body language cues and all that stuff no, like wh that. Well, what I'm going to say is that they can... That's not mind reading. What I'm <laughs> going to lead up to is no, that I'm gonna keep interrupting. some people <laughs> use that skill and it works really well for them because they're really good at it and they're really observant and they're really attentive to like any slight detail that could describe someone's personality or motives or way of thinking about the world. But other people, yeah, that's not mind reading. Other, that's just being really claim, good at communicating. Other people claim that they can tune out external stimuli and just focus particularly and intensely on the person that they're trying to read the mind of. And it's like everything sort of drops away and, you become that person in a way and it sounds really new agey and then almost like bs but that's what they claim is that you can do that if you're 
that focused. It's almost like meditation. Like all of a sudden you sort of, you just know what the other person is thinking and it may be someone you know really well and it may be a total stranger, but some people claim they can yeah, do that. And that that's not really like shoot it mind down reading. It's it's more like intuition yourself. To, no, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like tuning to a frequency like radio like you if you can get rid of all rid of all the static or something all of a sudden you can just like zone in on one particular thing that's what they say and and maybe maybe they are you know it sounds like a bunch of what about stuff for like uh like they like there's some missing girl and like the police have exhausted all their options and they go see the psychic and they're like oh yeah she's like in the mountains of montana like go find her there she's like hiding under like a rock or something and then they go and they look in that one spot and they find her. Like, how do you explain that shit? Well, that has who, that specific, that actual <laughs> specific event, like just like that. Happened. Just like that. That that happened one time. Or did this so-called psychic just get a fresh look on the same pieces of evidence that the police already had? No, no. They she, they like a lot of times they don't look at the evidence. They're just like, oh yeah, here's yeah. the girl. Like, you know, kind of like that. Who's that one like psychic who does all the ghost hunts? Who the chip coffee or oh, whatever? I hate yeah, that chip guy. coffee. Ghost, oh, yeah. ghost uh, paranormal state or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's one of those ghost shows. Oh, yeah. no, you should start. Bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like whenever I see people like the, the whole self proclaimed. Yeah, TV's just ruin it for you, Mike. You gotta yeah, stop you watching have, that you have shit. To, like, you gotta filter that out. Filter that out. Find the real psychics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they know where you are. Call me now. <laughs> but well there's other people that say that if your brain is constantly picking up clues and information all the time and normally you don't consciously pay attention to it because you can't you can't pay attention to everything all at once but some part of your senses are connecting to your brain and giving it information that you may store for later and that's how a lot of times like I used to do this all the time when I read a book I'd start at the top of the page and then I would already know it was going to be at the bottom but it wasn't because I was psychic it's because my eyes saw it and then like I remembered it before they saw it again that also kind of explains deja vu in a way where you're picking up information but you're not aware of it until later I've had lots of deja vu yeah the other thing that explains it is when your part of your brain notices something and then what is it like it it goes on a circuit to the part that becomes aware of it but sometimes it takes the long way around so like you you know that you saw it before your brain processes it and that explains deja vu well i've had times where i've dreamt something and then it happens in detail later on yeah. so, you know, isn't that a form of psychicness no, like, i don't you know experience it you perceive I'm sure it there's in your a dream state and then i'm sure there's a scientific explanation for that 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 just yeah, smashes psychic. it down <laughs> right. that's right you know like well there you have it like i'm sure there's got to be someone that can disprove it or thinks that they can disprove it with a compelling argument as it's yeah. not being psychic there's no one here at this table like nina doesn't <laughs> no nina doesn't believe that i can do it do what? or that I, that's happened to me where i've dreamt something and then all of a sudden it happens no, like I i'll stop you. dead in my tracks and be like wait a second i dreamt this like a week ago yeah i i believe you that used to happen to me more often when i was in college and now that I'm working eight to five and dead inside, I don't think it happens anymore, but it could. <laughs> no cold inside. Ultra cold. <laughs> yep. Bangarang. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. I know. I just need to find my kids and I'll be okay. That, that happens on a semi-regular basis for me, so I don't know. 
Then, then, then again, we did come to the conclusion two podcasts ago that I am God. So yeah, yeah. maybe everything. Does God have deja vu? Yeah. Or is it just like life? Like constant deja vu. He's like, yeah. did I already create this? Oh, <laughs> fuck it. Let me just grab this rib and do it again. I swear I know how this is going to end. <laughs> Better get those horsemen. So, <laughs> wait. There's, oh, there's one more thing in this article I want to talk about. It just caught my eye just now. Or maybe I already saw it earlier and psychically intuited it. I don't know. Um, so, the part of your brain known as the intra... Intraparietal? Okay. Yeah. We can just call it the IPS. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I wanted to try to pronounce the actual, but we know but that you you're a drummer, so you can read the big right, words. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's not like so I teach kids how to read or that, nothing. Well, not anymore. No. Burn. It's not like you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, 90. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, it's known to be important in attention and eye and hand motion. And I guess earlier studies have shown that some nerve cell clusters in this area are also involved in numerosity. And that's the phrase that caught my eye because it says the mathematical equivalent of literacy. So if you think about it, like when you read, if you're a beginning reader or a, a not so good reader, you're constantly trying to figure out words, much mm -hmm. like you would constantly try to solve a math problem or an equation. And some of the words become sight words for you after a certain point because your brain if it all is clicking well and correctly your brain picks up on things and it remembers letters and, and it recognizes patterns and math is all about recognizing patterns so mm -hmm. i guess that if your brain was good at math and like and you saw like 16 you're automatically like four times four or like eight, yeah yeah eight and, eight, and you yeah. know like those simple things like mm -hmm. i can do those but I don't, you know i don't know about other stuff so maybe some people have a higher numerosity than other people and that's just the way that their brains work like if i could be as good at math as i am at reading and writing then i would kick ass on the sats that's what i have to say about that but i think <laughs> that some people are just it's one way or the other and that's just how it is and some people have both but i feel like you and mike probably have higher numerosity than i do because yeah. i don't automatically this bump <laughs> do math and you know get it easily <laughs> And that's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. And that's the end of that. All right. Then let's see. The last one we got is about dark matter. So going back out into the universe, somehow, I'm not really sure how they know, but they, they calculate. They're psychic. They're psychic. They just know how much mass is know. out there well, in, in the universe. They, they calculate how much like mass and energy is in the universe. And then we look at what we've got and there's they there's a big chunk missing. Like there should be all this other bits of matter, like all these extra galaxies and stars. So we're falling short. And then there's there's some kind of there's definitely something there because there's gravity that's pulling and holding these galaxies together and, and pulling things this way and that way. And so it's, it's a majority of, of space, of, of the matter in space, is matter that we can't see. They, they coined it dark matter. So, um, But they know it's there because of the gravitational pull that they're observing. Right, right. We can kind of indirectly, we're pretty sure that it's there. And for whatever reason, we, we can't detect it yet. Um, regular, whenever we sense anything through telescopes or anything, it's always from uh, photons, bouncing back or electromagnetic radiation on some frequency, be the colors or x-rays or microwaves or infrared, but nothing, no, none of the electromagnetic radiation is emitted from dark matter or bounces off 
and it's reflected. Mm, that stuff doesn't matter to it. It does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we how do we solve this this issue of like is there really dark matter and if so like um, how much is there what's it like what the hell's going on so they're 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 trying to come up with a tool to figure out if it's possible for us to even measure it to like interact with it and so this is um, this is directly from the article. Um, scientists at MIT and elsewhere have developed a tool that could test to see if dark matter is detectable. So it's a test to see if we can test it. Yeah, pretty much. It's Something like you test. test. Yeah. <laughs> so in layman's terms, we call that the pretest. Yes, it's the pretest. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it said that the challenge would be the dark matter believed by physicists to outweigh all the normal matter in the universe by more than five to one is by definition invisible. Stark. However, the MIT researchers have come up with a workaround described in a paper blah, 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 by MIT physics professors, blah, 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 blah. They say, we're looking for a massive photon. That may seem like a contra or contradiction in terms because photons, which are particles of light, have no mass. So they're looking so for... What? Huh? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with science, not enough Jesus. <laughs> so they're looking for some kind of new photon that actually has mass. So um, um, an exotic particle that resembles a photon but with mass has been proposed by some theorists to explain dark matter whose nature is unknown but whose existence can be inferred from the gravitational attraction it exerts on ordinary matter, such as the way galaxies rotate and clump together. So that still sounds like something that we couldn't necessarily use to prove anything, because again, you're just inferring its existence based on yeah. things it seems to do right. to its surroundings. As far as we know, like with the models, like it would make sense that dark matter exists, but yeah. at the same time, it doesn't make sense because doesn't follow any of the you know standard model or you know like Newtonian physics or quantum physics as far as we know. So if they found that massive photon, it would disprove lots of theories that we've believed to be true. Or well, no, it'd just be a, it'd just be a new exotic form of matter that we didn't know about, and then hopefully we could use said photon to um, detect um, dark matter. But then if we did find dark matter, we'd have to change some of the theories. We'd have to rework. Maybe I don't know. I think it would just give us a new understanding. Like it's a whole yeah, not necessarily change. Just right, it's just like more. Almost like yeah. it would just like what we know kind of right. will go through evolutionary process. Yeah, yeah. so we'll be in the dark. I don't know. We're nailing them tonight. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god! <laughs> Nails in Mike's coffin. <laughs> this is almost over. We're almost done. We're almost done. Uh, are we? Or are we just beginning? <laughs> So there's a stop button here with your guys' <laughs> name on it. <laughs> so they got a new experiment called a dark light. How cool is that? Pretty awesome. It's like a black light. I know. Almost. Yeah. To look for um, a massive photon. Um, or posters of the dude. Yeah. <laughs> right. So to prove the existence of this theorized particle, which they're calling A prime, the new experiment will use a particle accelerator at the Jefferson lab that has been tuned to produce a very narrow beam of electrons with a megawatt of power. That's a lot of power, Milner says. You could not you could not put any material in that path without having it obliterated by the beam. 
any material like even like a diamond carbon <laughs> carbon yeah, yeah. nice Done. yeah yeah graph right. graphene <laughs> forget about it yeah uh-huh. so lasers looking for massive photons what if you put uh okay hold on what if you put the cold <laughs> You put a really dull person. Okay. What if you put... (laughs) Okay. What if you put the narrow beam of electrons? Like, what if you had two of them? Mm -hmm. What if you sent one at the other one? I don't even cross the streams. What would happen? Create the boson. What would go on there? What would that be about? (laughs) What's it going to (laughs) say? I I have no idea what would happen. You'd probably just like It'd destroy both really lasers. Medium is what would happen. It'd be really medium. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> what was She's lost all composure. Yeah. That's right. Well, it doesn't take much. So. so. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so when they use that narrow beam of electrons and they use all of that power, aren't they breaking down something and trying to find evidence of? this photon yes it sounds like yeah so um new paper confirms the new facilities beam meets the characteristics needed to definitively detect the hypothetical particle or rather to detect the two particles that it decays into in precise proportions that would reveal its existence. So basically no other particle could mimic the decay of this one like they will know when they find it like it, it could be like a similar one confusing yeah. It, okay. Well, that's so, good news. So, yeah, they've got the the beam to do it. So now they can see if it's possible to test yeah. dark matter. That's right. So, yeah. So. I guess we'll check back on that one and see mm-hmm. see what's happening there. Well, yeah. because right now all they've done is say, oh, How now, climatic. Right. now we think that we can <laughs> try to find next this time. Stuff. Maybe that's we'll right. have some more information yeah. on dark matter. Dark matter. Whether or not it exists. That's right. Whether or not you exist. Oh, shit. Better <laughs> tune in for that one. I'm probably superior. If you have to say probably, <laughs> then it's not true. It's so random. <laughs> <laughs> and not like any of the other stuff that's happened tonight. So, these two knuckleheads have an email address. That's true. Yeah. So, if yeah. you want to contact them with any scientific discoveries of your own. Or, or want random to comment, comments. <laughs> yeah, if you find dark matter, let us know. Yeah, for fuck's sake. I know. Uh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Or want to like just comment on anything that they've discussed in any of the past podcasts? Reach them at six degrees of roomy. Nice. <laughs> at gmail dot com. Spell it all out: s i x d e g r e e s o f r u m i at gmail dot com. Because right. rumination would just be too. That'd, long. Be, that'd be too much. I didn't name the show. <laughs> yeah. No, it it works out. That's no, pretty yeah, good. I like it. That's so there you go. Twist. So if you'd like to comment, suggestions. If you want to be a guest on our show. I know. No, yeah, well, no, no, call in. No weirdos. Come visit our apartment. Yeah. yeah we're not studio. Letting, no weirdos <laughs> are coming in my apartment. Sorry. Um, Just yeah. assume that they're weirdos. Yeah. It's if probably you, a female. Yeah. Odds are. Yeah. But I'm married. <laughs> What's that do for me? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if I was single, Maybe I'd be she'll like, have a sweet. higher IQ. I don't know. I know. She could be very superior. Maybe she'll be like 134 <laughs> and that'll be a perfect relationship. No, because I'd still be smarter. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's not how it works. A woman's supposed to be smarter than a dude. Oh, well. 
Remember? Sounds like God. That's why we had to redo the IQ test to stop you down. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you got a 90. This wasn't fair to women. I know. Yeah, I have to take the test from like the 1960s and then I'll be okay. No, probably earlier than that. Well, I can't do math, so I don't know. (laughs) I can't do math. (laughs) (laughs) 1960s, the medieval era. That's too many numbers already. So there you go. Why don't you why don't you people email these two? All right, yeah, please. Yeah. We'll read it on the podcast. It, yeah, it well, will let's be not make read. promises here. Let's not get ahead of yeah, ourselves. Providing we'll, we'll read it uh, if it's good. <laughs> yeah, if it's good. Yeah, it's gotta be a good email. It's okay. gotta be good. It's well be written. Well funny. written. Which means if you emailed us and we didn't we're not punctuation. Reading it, yeah. And you, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's so. gotta pass my te- my yeah, Approval. the producer will screen the emails yes, much yeah. like you would screen calls. So, so, so suck up to me. Yeah, and you'll get on the podcast. Sweet. There this has been six degrees of rumination with Rena Gorman and Nina Boyd. Adios.